one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Match Ball. Welcome to the show. The Match Ball 30, our game-by-game -game journey through 1991-1992. It's nearly over. We're doing a Match Ball on the 30th anniversary of every game. Uh, Sheffield United away, April the 26th, 1992 today, and a sniff at the league title. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Dan Michael and Moscow here for this penultimate game of the season. And the big news doesn't start at Bramall Lane. It gets huge at Bramall Lane, but the big news going into this one is that Scum have finally played all their games in hand. They went to West Ham, who were bottom <laughs> of the league. What happened? Lost, didn't they? Uh, they did. <laughs> Already relegated. A complete dead rubber as far as West Ham are concerned. And they fucking won 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to um, commission a statue of Kenny Brown now? Or should we wait until uh, the end of the season? I mean, this is both brilliant and hysterical. The beautiful thing is that Scum have completely fallen into the trap of believing they're on hype here because they've been going on all season about how the depth of quality in their squad is going to make all the difference and they can cope with the games and they can cope with the injuries and they can uh, cope with the pressure because they've all been through this before. And so they go to the bottom of the league team that's already been relegated and Ferguson drops Neil Webb and Andre Kanchelskis assuming that Clayton Blackmore and Mel Donaghy <laughs> will be enough like drawing on their real strength in reserve to just sweep West Ham aside. And there was even ahead of the game, there was talk of them overturning our goal difference advantage because they'll just score so many with this these incredible reserve players that they've got. And then by the end, um, they've got uh, both Donaghy and Blackmore turned out to get injured, which is hilarious. So Konchelskis did come on in the end, but the only other player he had to turn to in this uh, incredibly this incredible squad that just has untold depths of quality is his son so Darren Ferguson <laughs> comes on whinging around the pitch the but, arrogance uh, the arrogance to think that you can turn up and do this and what it was, a set uh, of knobhead it was still nil-nil at that point by the time those two were on so they're actually uh, there's an argument that did strengthen the team by bringing uh, Kanchelskis on and admittedly they did have you know Giggs, McClare, Hughes and Sharp are all um, up front but they didn't get a single shot on target in the first half and then there was a, a very that's what I, was, that's what I was about to point out to you not a single shot and there was a very good shot on wankers. target in the second half wankers it's a, so so funny I can't believe it I mean watch, watching this like come in the news about this come in with my mum and dad watching it on teletext waiting for the news afterwards through the week brilliant absolutely amazing what a moment it's great, mm -hmm. great that his son was there to see it as well 
golden moment that was father it, and son can maybe, share. Maybe it was just bring your son to work day. It does strike you that he's probably going, oh, it's West Ham away. I'll put I'll put our Darren on the bench. Give him a nice day out. Trip right. to London. I'll take him to the um, take him to the National History Museum or something the day after as well. Do mm. all the nice do all the nice family stuff. Take him up west, see a show or something, you know. Can you imagine what mood they must have been in the next day? Doing <laughs> Ferguson was amazingly awful on the night. So I don't imagine he woke up the next day any happier. Took it well, didn't you, Ferguson? He said oh, he yes. said what he said more or less was uh, the better team won and it's good that West Hammer uh, football's the winner and it's good that West Ham are still performing for their fans as mm-hmm. they should yeah. that's, I think that's what he said football, fair football the winner yeah that's not quite quite what he was saying is it yeah for a relegated side was almost obscene and just to clar- clarify what he said there that amount of effort from a relegated side was almost obscene they should have rolled over for Man- mighty Manchester United they should have rolled over Manchester United yeah, they should have rolled over for them for Manchester United Football Club and let them win because they don't have the rights to put in all the effort because they've gone down. So Imagine it, the fucking brass neck to say that. The, the alternative prick. would be that Man United could have put more effort in mm. to scoring some goals against the worst team in the league. But couldn't be asked, could they? Well, there's still the great contrast between how angry and upset Ferguson is getting and the mind games that he's constantly trying to play. Like Trying he, being the operative word, Yeah, Oscar. after this game, he's now trying to put the pressure onto Leeds, saying... Uh, um, it's the first time that it now depends on others. If Leeds win their two matches, they win the title. They are in the driving seat. Shit. It's their court now. <laughs> Only they can throw it away. But it's the first time they've ever had a gaping hole in front of them to win the championship. We've put ourselves in our position by our misdeeds. We've had the lead by the throat. Now it's their turn to see what they can do. So he's really trying to put all the pressure back on us. Say, well, now it was down to uh, Man United to win all our games or we'd win the title. Now, well, they, 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 they couldn't do it. Could we couldn't do it now. You've got to win your games to win the title. Let's see what you're made of. All right. And then uh, Howard Wilkinson on Look North just doesn't seem to care. <laughs> he was asked about this game and, you know, how he found out about the result and was he listening to it on the radio or whatever. He said, no, he was, um, it sounds like he'd been out for a drink with Dave Bassett, who is the manager of our opponents this weekend. And on, as he was driving home, he said that he was listening to a, a novel on tape. <laughs> Excellent. Paid absolutely no attention to what what was going on in this game. Imagine being able to switch it off like that. Incre- think, incredible discipline. And certainly the way it's comparing to, you can see Ferguson. It's not just that the the team's performances are, are visibly falling apart. It's that the manager is constantly in the press, trying to twist it all one way or another. Whereas Howard Wilkinson, absolutely consistent all the way through, of just saying. We'll just try to win all the games and see what happens. You can only control what's controllable, which I guess is why he is switching off in the very literal mm-hmm. sense from the other games. I just... must admit, earlier in the season, I was getting a bit frustrated with with his laid back approach on these things. When we dropped points at home, and he'd go, "Well, points per game still fine. We're we're doing all right." And it was like, "No, but we need to win these." Mm. Well, and it turns out he knew scum was shit. He's um uh he's kept it down to just the absolute simplicity, so that it's really easy to concentrate on because he says whatever is going on all that Leeds have to do is win games this is it so he says if we win both games Harry Gration said to him nobody can catch you and Wilkins says well that's the only thing that has changed everybody's talking about what's changed this that and the other and how we're now favourites as far as I'm concerned and I hope as far as the players are concerned and I think that's the case nothing has changed we've still got to play football matches and we've got to try and win them but he's right just keeping it so simple and so clear, whereas I don't even know what 
Ferguson is trying to achieve everything he's been saying constantly. One of the things we didn't get from Ferguson's quote there is we just need to open on what he said. He said, it, it was hard to take, very disappointing. It's been a black Easter. This is the first time I've had to say that it now depends on others. <laughs> Unfortunately, we went to uh, Bramwell Lane where we were completely in control of, uh, <laughs> of our destiny. Unbelievable. And everything, was, everything was just going according to those simple plans. Well, let's just say this. So we're, we're recording this in the wake of, of having gone to Bramall Lane and a day of batshit mental insanity is the only way to describe it. Liverpool Man United is later on and then they've got Spurs at home in the final game of the season. Next week, we've got Norwich at home. So you look at those two sets of fixtures, Sheffield United away, Norwich at home, Liverpool away, Spurs, it's there. Shit, it's actually there. Finally, it's in our control. But there was no control today. It was it was wild. It was absolutely it wild. Was wild and windy. Windy and wild. Yeah, the, the swirling wind in Bramall Lane. Thanks to the Bramall Lane microclimate for its influence on the title race. I think that's a factor. Actually, probably Howard will have seen this coming because I think his relationship with uh, Dave Bassett is an interesting side note on this. There is a kind of a, a South Yorkshire mafia to, to deal with. Howard Wilkinson was manager of Sheffield Wednesday for years and years and played for them and is from Sheffield and is a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Dave Bassett, manager of Sheffield United, um, was at Wimbledon before them. They get on great, but they were competitors for the Division 2 title when we came up. They sort of leave their friendship off the pitch. But then it's also just, I think the knowledge, like Howard Wilkinson knows every bit of Sheffield like the back of his hand. So the gales and the rain and what's going on there I think he's very comfortable. Are you saying he planned? Are you saying he planned this game perfectly? I don't think he planned it perfectly, but I think he knew how to cope with it. He looked at his weather vane that morning mm. and said, "I know what to do." And he knew how to cope with Sheffield United as well because he could see, um, if you remember the game in Easter in 1990 for the promotion race, when Bobby Davison was standing in front of Simon Tracy to block his goal kicks because so much of Sheffield United's game is just banging the ball long to Brian Dean um, for the flick-ons. And so we disrupted that. And then here we are again. He just knows if he's playing Dave Bassett's team, it's probably, I wouldn't even be surprised if it just does it to wind Dave Bassett up. <laughs> oh, come on, Howard. Don't block me goalkeeper. Nah, chappy. Go and, <laughs> Mary Poppins. Go and block that goalkeeper off. I went to this one, just got home with my mum and dad. I'll talk about the journey home afterwards because we need to obviously record this and then go watch Liverpool, mm. uh, Man United on ITV. It was crazy. I was right down the front in the away end, like right behind the goal so my view was through a fence the pitch was at eye level and then, then there was the net immediately in front so I kind of got a view of some of the the action but it was quite hard to tell what was going up at the going on up at the far end those there didn't know what was happening either which I we, wouldn't worry which we'll get to the far end we will get to in um, in due course so teams I guess is the right place to start with this keep it simple Lukic in goal John Newsom, number two, Tony DiRigo, David Batty, Chris Fairclough, Chris White, Gordon Strachan, Rod Wallace, Lee Chapman, Gary McAllister and Gary Speed. The 11 that has pretty much seen us this far, as we've been touching on in recent weeks. Mel's out injured, so John Newsom has stepped into the, uh, the number two shirt. Carl Schott and Eric Cantona on the bench again. Sheffield United lining up with Mel Reese in goal, David Barnes, Brian Gale, John Pemberton, Carl Bradshaw, Paul Beasley, John Gannon, Paul Rogers, Glyn Hodges, Brian Dean, Alan Cork, with Bryson and Whitehouse on the bench. Kicking off at noon, lunchtime kickoff. Strange situation with, uh, I think it was slightly delayed highlights, half a game on this afternoon on ITV, 
Not sure what they're doing with the telly, messing with the schedule, putting us on before Man United. But ultimately, we've done what we had to do and it feels like it's close. It feels like it's so close. It certainly felt that way in the stadium. But let's rewind to the kickoff and an absolute fucking madness. I mean, the wind we have to talk about because I think the wind, I mean, it was set pieces from them and wind were just causing us a lot of problems in the first half in particular and second half causing them a lot of problems, it seems. Beans in the pre-match meal, Michael, there. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, it was it was madness. They looked like scoring from most corners, truthfully, in that first half. I think there was nerves as well. The players were not calm. It was the moment in the first half when, uh, quite early on, when Chris White, instead of letting John Lukic take an easy catch in the penalty area, just boots it miles out for a, um, a corner. And then him and Lukic, they're kind of getting together in the the six yard box and have a little chance saying like come on we just let's let's keep calm and while they're talking and Chris Fairclough is kind of coming over and going like yeah come on lads we need to concentrate keep us calm Sheffield United take their corner and there's only John Newsom is there like lads they're having a shot like <laughs> stop just debating about how calm we have to be and, and, and deal with job. this <laughs> so um, yeah there was I think there was a lot of uh, that tension of them kind of not making these mistakes of like that they wouldn't normally make out of a abundance of caution and then while they're trying to talk themselves into being calm and putting on the performance that they know that they can do um that's just giving Sheffield United more chances to kind of capitalize as well yeah I mean that the the white Lukic mix-up kind of goes back to the Coventry game maybe where between them they almost managed to to gift them a goal but that comes from a, a Reese kick which goes it must go like 80 yards it's an enormous kick so it's obviously caught the wind and it does show that it was um it was it was a bit of a Sunday league game insofar as you think we've got the win second half lads we'll be all right <laughs> we're playing down the hill <laughs> well that was it I mean get, as it turned out getting to half time level was a huge part of the game but it was a it was a lot of hard work to get there it was even hard to tell what was going on with the goals in that first half just trying to figure out what is going on at the far end what was going on six feet in front of us what was going on full stop. Why has that 70-year-old man scored? Yes, that ridiculous beard. What's he doing? I mean, cry. I mean, to be fair, though, I mean, you must have thought, shit, here we go, when um, when we go 1-0 down. I mean, it had been coming. Pem- we seemed to insist on giving Pemberton chances from the corners, didn't we? He'd, he'd headed one over, then another scramble had kind of broken to him, and he'd, um, it was clear more or less off the line. So when they did score, it was it was not entirely surprising, but it was it was perfectly in keeping with the game and then it was a big scrappy pile of shit that a pensioner bundled in. He sort of just stabbed it in, didn't he, from, yeah. uh, from a few yards The out. ball had rebounded off another pensioner because he kind of hit Strachan and bounced in front of Alan Cork, who's uh, basically playing because they've had and still have Bobby Davison on loan from us, but obviously he can't play against us. So the only other player uh, Dave Bassett can find is um, Alan Cork, who used to play for him at Wimbledon in the 1950s. I was going to say he went and found him in his cave didn't he beckoned him out into the light and yeah so it is I wonder what they're like the combined ages of uh, Alan Cork and Gordon Strachan would actually come to at this point but it was and he is if Alan Cork can do one thing he can score from six yards if you just bounce the ball in front of him so and nearly um, scores again not long after as well he gets mm, um, gets to the near post ahead of Fairclough I think he was trying to trying to track him and just can't keep keep the pace with old uh, <laughs> with old Alan and he gets a he gets a, a sort of a flick onto it at the near post but it just go over I'll tell you what yeah. the um, the songs as well from them lot you're going to win fuck all that felt a little bit raw some nice point. back and forth with the chance in this because it was uh, just one of those games wasn't it mm. and 
us trying to take advantage of the way. I mean, you don't, you never know though with these free kicks whether the wind's going to go sideways, carry it forward, backwards, stop it, stop it in the middle of uh, midair. No idea. But we had a shot, didn't we, Dorigo? Thirty-five yards out. It's probably a la Hillsborough Sheffield uh, Wednesday vibes about this. Twatting it dead hard. Mel Reese, strange, isn't it? He kind of he kind of catches it, but then turns it almost into a bounce. Or does he drop it? Kind of drops it onto his own legs, doesn't he? And by this point, for some reason, he has turned around. So him dropping it into his own legs sends it towards the goal and just past the post. I mean, Dorigo actually is, while we're on him, he's probably the one player in this game who looks somewhat in control and like he's he's just playing a normal match. Like he's making makes some really good runs, nearly scores this free kick, but he just, he seems to be the the one kind of note of sanity in this game. So playing as a winger as well is um, very, very attacking in this match because um, there's not really anybody in Sheffield United's team that you need to worry about. And I think at one point, I can't remember which player it is, but one of them does get behind Dorigo and is sort of running away but Dorigo just catches him up takes the ball off him so even if Dorigo's concentrating so much on being forward he's got the pace to get back anyway and the sort of harem scarum feeling about that first half continued right up until we got the equaliser which was close to the whistle it, it did feel shapeless like it might just get away from us it was it was a nervous away end it wasn't wasn't great fun until this one went in when this was just, people just laughed at this Anyway, people, what, what's happened there? there? There are dives, there are there are ricochets, there are shots. It could have been, it was close to being a beautiful goal because Strachan does really well. Chapman's been fouled by Beasley from a from a Lukic kick and Strachan sees a space in front of him, little uh, knock over the top for Wallace. You think that's a great bit of vision and then it kind of goes mad <laughs> because the shot is saved. Beasley and Reese have like smashed into each other. Then it goes out to the to the side, speed hits it, Wallace hits it, it's bouncing around everybody and somehow ends up in the net and you, you sort of think, well... well it just bounces off Wallace, doesn't it? Well, fine. <laughs> if that's how we have to win the title, well, from I'll my, take it. From my perch down at the front, like I was trying to see over the barrier, just, I just saw the ball sort of just loops up into the air and then goes in the net right in front of me and I, I could almost reach out and touch it. It was that close. It was mental. It wasn't even a shot by speed. The ball is booted clear by, I think it's Beasley gets up and tries to boot the ball clear against speed it bounces off speed's leg goes sideways hits wallace and goes in so that's the kind of that's where the momentum comes from <laughs> it's um, a pinball i mean wallace i think wallace does just about see it doesn't he yeah you see him make a quick adjustment he's so jumping at him it for that and um pemberton is on the goal line tries to save it like a goalkeeper and tries to do a two-handed save so there I mean, is a, if he'd have got his hands on that what would have happened well, it would have been another Coventry red card, red card and penalty. penalty. Yeah, but it's um, what's he doing? <laughs> as, uh, Pemberton is quite a pleasingly random player. I've always had quite a bit of time for John Pemberton. Just he does mad stuff. It's like at the other end where he's getting on all their corners. He's the last player you would expect, but that's why he's not really marked. And the wind is catching all Sheffield United's corners, and he's at the back post. Just going, oh, the keep, chances keep dropping to me. I'll have a, I'll have a try. He's a trier. Um, <laughs> But the, the one th- bit of quality in this is, um, and the thing that should be remembered for kind of Leeds as a good team, is that quick free kick, because it's not just that Strachan sees it, it's that after, you know, since 1988, um, not 1988, since March 1989, when he arrived, he's been dictating these bits of play, and so the other players know when Strachan's going to take another, a quick free kick. So Wallace sees it, speeds onto it, we're attacking straight away as soon as they see Strachan just gets the ball. And as a fan as well, once you got the ball, you suddenly you got, uh, he's going to take this really quickly. And 
vital as well because this is stoppage time in the first half and going in a goal behind maybe would have given Howard Wilkinson the chance to calm them all down and uh, and get them to concentrate again. But being able to do that from 1-1 makes a big difference. And also the fact that uh, their goalkeeper broke his own leg it turned out to be quite a, a significant moment in the uh, the rest of the game. And also, Wallace was actually offside, which no one seemed to notice. But yeah. it was so it was so mad. I think I think because the ball's kicked on to speed, and that is technically what, what the pass that is offside. Yeah, and there are defenders, but, but it's not a pass, is it? But it comes off him. So it technically should have been offside. But I think it, it all happened so fast, and there are defenders. It's one of these where the the goalkeeper is laying on the floor in front of the play, so. The linesman's got a lot, an awful lot to try and soak in in that split second that it's ricocheting around the box. It's still quite hard to judge because basically it ends up that when the ball goes off Wallace into the goal, there's only John Pemberton in front of him, so there's one player <laughs> between him and the goaler. But when the ball is kicked against speed, um, is the player, the Sheffield United player, in front of or behind Rod Wallace? I've never been into It's only when yet. it comes off speed that it would be offside though, isn't it? But but it's not a pass. Frank, so. Frankly, who cares? Who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah. And then as Moscow says, the important thing is was getting in level and you can then draw breath and say, right, let's try and get a grip on the second half and calm it all down a little bit and have a sensible second half. Especially as we're going to have to do it without Strachan as well because that was his yeah. last... Um, maybe he knew because his back was going again that I'd better just take this free kick quickly because it's the last chance I've got to kind of influence this match. But, I mean, um, the yeah, bloke has put himself through it just to try and see this season out. I mean, I feel uh, a bit bad for him, really. It feels like we've we've used him up the last couple of years. We've taken all the, the last three years. We've we've taken all the, the the last bits out of his legs and his back and his arms and his skull. He's, he's just a shell of a man now because we've we've played him nonstop. But when he was ditched by Alex Ferguson, kicked out of Old Trafford for because he thought he was already at that point. Mm. So mm. we've really actually given him uh, the life that nobody else thought was left in him here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Shutty, another Sheffield Wednesday presence on the pitch. Yeah. Always has another 
element of chaos, doesn't it? And he's involved straight from kickoff in the second half and we nearly score immediately. I mean, if this had gone in, the away end could have relaxed a little bit maybe. But yeah, it's... Um... Speed hits the hits the the post of this one. It's a good save from from Reese actually, isn't it? He gets a he gets a hand to it. It's um it's gone down the right hand side and then it's it's ended up with uh, it's batty, isn't it? it? Plays a nice nice ball over the top for Speed and he uh, he kind of hits it on the half volley. But it's uh, keeper and post and then and then the rebound comes to McAllister. But it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit fast at him, isn't it? Because it kind of yeah. flies off the post. Mm. Almost a calm second half. But who wants that anyway? Well, no, yeah, Reese has got a bandage on his knee now after that um, injury around the uh, around the first goal. He's not. He doesn't look particularly comfortable there, does he? Like he's not heavy he looks, on his feet. He looks completely broken. Mm. Every time he makes a save, it takes him ages to get up, and he keeps insisting. I think because it's his right leg that's injured, and it's his kicking leg. He can still take the goal kicks using his standing on his left leg, but every time he takes a goal kick, he just collapses. And he's like, I think it's only maybe personal pride and like trying to put a brave face on things that stops him from just dropping to his knees after every time he makes a clearance. He's kicking from his hands still, but I guess another team maybe would say just throw it to a central defender, but there isn't really a central defender at Sheffield United who wants to be on the ball. So the only thing is, right, well, it doesn't matter that your leg is falling to bits. You'll just have to keep banging those clearances out of your hands downfield. And then, yeah, every save he makes... You can see him then, he's really slow getting to his feet and he's really in a tremendous amount of pain and it's um, helpful. <laughs> when Chapman <laughs> blocks him from taking the kick on one point as well, he kind of pulls back his arms as if he might just punch Chapman in the head. Which is, <laughs> I think he's at the end of his tether at this point. He's like, Lee, mate, fucking hell. And the, I'm struggling to stand here. I think the referee, cause the referee is George Courtney, who is um, referring his, ah, his him, final school, game. Schoolmaster, yeah. And I think he has a word with Lee Chapman after he blocks one of the, the goal kicks. And I think it's down the lines of like, look, it's not technically a free kick. I could give you a free kick if you if you get too close to him. But it's just not fair. <laughs> so because there's um Reese catches a ball um later in the half and Chapman kind of goes towards him if he's about to block it and then he just he puts his arm like, oh, I'm not gonna bother. I just <laughs> I won't do it to you. Carry on. Anyway, um we digress talking um about these shenanigans in front of the keeper because the game overall is manic. It's just end-to-end. You'd struggle to say who was actually in midfield for us at, at this point because it's it's so end-to-end. There's virtually doesn't seem to be anything in the middle of the pitch at any point. It's Don't get me wrong, Batty and McAllister are very much on the pitch, but they're either forward or they're back. There's never anything that's even resembling shape or kind of and a pace to the game other than it's just turned up to 11. Yeah, I think we, we maybe go a little bit a different shape because it's um because John Newsom's not a right back, he's a central defender, and Carl Schutt's taken over from Gordon Strachan and Schutt's not a right winger, he's a striker. So it's it begins to be a little bit three at the back with Dorigo pushing left wing and playing really attacking. So it's speed, Batty and McAllister sort of in midfield with Wallace, Chapman and Schutz just kind of working things out. So you've got these weird kind of too many players <laughs> on different sides of the pitch. <laughs> so it's like three strikers, a left winger, three central midfielders, and then three central defenders. And then you've got Howard Wilkinson from the sidelines the uh, on the TV coverage, the effects microphones, picking up, yelling, get it wide! 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 Fucking hell! Fucking hell! Wide! And uh, who's the commentator on this? I can never remember. Is it Alan Parry? It is Alan Parry. And yes, after his, after the... The, list, the viewers at home have been treated to 
these South Yorkshire voices. <laughs> oh, get out, get it wide. He says, uh, and, uh, Leeds, Leeds need to get the ball wide, really. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the century. I mean, yeah, it is Antoine. I mean, like, Dean has a chance. Really good save. Brilliant, brilliant save by Lukic, yeah. Then you've got Speedo at the other end, has uh, a shot with his right foot, which goes just wide. Then Dean has another chance. That old fella from the cave uh, wins the ball and um, finds Hodges with it. And uh, why, again, switch on, lads, because Fairclough and White are both sucked into this. Yeah, it's a good save. Uh, this is one Lukic kind of saves with his backside, and it sort of lands on it. Dean keeps having um, chances, but doesn't really look like he's ever going to score them, which was doesn't do anything to soothe the panic. But you do. He started to have this idea of it's not going to go in for him, so that that was helpful. And then we get our noses in front, sixty-five minutes in, and start to sniff a little bit of something but it is just so chaotic that it's impossible to know what's going to happen but are we utilising the wind here are we putting this one down to the wind and the fact that Mel Reese can't jump I think I think it's because Mel Reese has forgotten that his legs don't work and he's come out thinking he can get to a cross and then he gets halfway and thinks ah yes can't leave the ground really can I Um, and so it just goes over him and I mean the defender at the back post is terrible as well because by the time he actually heads it about a foot off the ground, Newsom is completely unmarked and he's just been allowed to... It's, sell, it's just sailed over everyone. Yeah, he's just, he's just been allowed to, to sneak in behind everyone. I mean, I don't know, if, if the wind is a factor, Newsom has read it perfectly and everyone else has completely misjudged it. Yeah, it's a very good McAllister free kick crossed to the back post and it's hard to say what what has actually ruined it for Mel because it looks like a um, just a common garden misjudgment rather than his leg really collapsing but you might be right that he's kind of he just doesn't have the link does he he? thinks he can do it and he can't get there and he would have got there if it wasn't for the leg but um it's a similar celebration to chris fairclough against coventry where john newsome after heading this and gets up and he's like what have i just done what is happening and um, it's like a grin on his big grin on his face there's a moment when uh, and he is of course he's another ex sheffield wednesday player um scoring against sheffield united and there's a moment when um carl shook kind of comes up to him as the celebrations are dying down and says something he's seen. Um, Newson does his own kind of private fist bump to himself. I think Short must have kind of clarified to him what's happened. He's like, that's a really important goal. We're winning the game now and this is going to help us win the title. It's in Newson goes like, yeah, that's what I've done. <laughs> that is what I have done. It's, now, a, it's, it's, it's a deep celebration, is it? He thinks about it deeply. Yeah. yeah. This could be the goal that people talk about that one leads the league if you can just keep it tight. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing is, there's a there's that again that release of the of the pressure valve in the away end because everyone started singing at that point. Noses in front, twenty five minutes to go, favourable winds in some senses of the word, but <laughs> five minutes. It only took five minutes, and this comes as no surprise given what had happened beforehand. Twenty minutes from the end, two two, still not quite sure what happened. Well, it's a corner that's flicked on. I can't even tell who actually gets the flick. I think it's the Leeds defender, but there's, there's a load of people jumping, but it ends up with Pemberton at the right at the far post, but on the touchline. I'm pretty sure he's probably trying to loft this cross back in, but he hits it low instead, and Chapman dangles a big daft leg at it. Yes, Lee Chapman in our penalty area can be a um, uh, can be a gain sometimes, but he's not above just sticking the ball into our net. It's his usual range, isn't it, for scoring goals? <laughs> yeah. A foot off the line in the Chapman corridor wrong end though yeah there's an argument that it's instinctive because Pemberton's priority is just getting the ball back in the six yard box and it is a it's a great it's exactly what Lee Chapman loves front post on the line low cross bang it in so whether instinct took over and he just thought yeah I need to put that in or if it wasn't an attempt to clear it around the post but um, 
Yeah, so we, I, don't, I don't think anybody knows. We were ahead for five minutes. <laughs> uh, and they're, they're level and they're singing, you're going to win for call again, which again hurts, but you know. Well, to be, I mean, at this point, a draw amid all the chaos would not have been a terrible result because it's still on scum to get something from Anfield, which is, you know, it still is on scum to get something from Anfield. It's not a, a foregone conclusion um, what can happen there. So it's a matter of it going to uh, going to the final day. A draw is still keeps us in the running and it still keeps the pressure. Didn't draw though, did we, Moscow? On the opposition. But um, yeah, it took another seven minutes to change things. And again, not the tidiest. No. Not the and tidiest of goals. And there's a couple more things happening between times as well in that there's an elbow from batting on Beasley. Beasley has a kick back. We just crack on with it. Yeah, it's getting a bit feisty at this stage. I think everyone knows the stakes are pretty high. And I don't know if Batty's dad's in the crowd yelling things at him and he's just thought, I'm going to get sent off here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's never going to get sent off for that. I mean, it's just a bit, it's only a late elbow. That's true. <laughs> it's he nearly, like, kicked, nearly kicked Street for Grivich's head off, didn't he? And yeah. And got away with that. So, so he's not, it's not even a booking. And George Courtney, he doesn't want a red card on his final game, does he? Why would he send him off for that? No, it's, exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. And there's some nice stuff happens in between that and the next goal, Gary Mack and Dorigo linking up well. There's a cross that's just too high for Chapman. But then there's a bit more argy-bargy. Wallace, it's described as a chop at Paul Beasley. A little bit of a stray leg. I don't know what Beasley's done to annoy us so much, but we we just have a little spell of booting him and knocking some, him about. Sometimes a good idea to put a scouser in the place, isn't it? Yeah. And then Cantona comes on for McAllister just after that, 76 minutes. And then 77 minutes. I mean, what the fuck has just happened here? What on earth has just happened here? But it's amazing. Again, from my low pitch down in the away end, and it's a very shallow terrace, that one behind the goal at Sheffield United. Really hard to tell what's going on at the far end. We just know that it ended up going in. It's Cantona's skill making all the difference. Yeah, I mean, he lofted his hands in the air. Rod Wallace seemed to be happy. Um, so we just ran with it. I don't know who you'd even give the assist to on this, let alone, um, I think we can establish... It's Brian Gale assist and goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, so, and then but the build-up play is just clearances. It's a, a big clearance from Gary Speed. It's a then Chapman kind of heads it on to kind of help the clearance. Cantona is just heading it vaguely forward. And then from then on, so we, it's just over halfway, <laughs> David Barnes um, gets on it and boots it towards his crippled goalkeeper with Cantona and Wallace running through. But Brian Gale's there to, I suppose he can sort it out. Well, he's getting there first, isn't he? There's no two ways about that. What do we make of Gale's first touch? <laughs> it's a good, good touch. <laughs> to the old classic... Killed it dead. <laughs> Knee it really high up in the air and see what happens. I mean, how often? I mean, this. I mean, this is just—it's ridiculous. How often do you ever see a, a player chasing back towards his own goal, knee the ball up into the air to give himself a header? <laughs> but it doesn't happen. I can only assume the wind has fooled him as it's come down, and maybe he would have—he would have headed it ordinarily or just kicked it. But then it ends somewhere between the two, and he just kind of goes, "Oh, oh knee for now." I mean, it says a lot about. I mean, Brian Gale is another ex-Wimbledon player, if I remember rightly. It says a lot about kind of Dave Bassett's Wimbledon and Sheffield United style that there seems to be absolutely no question of just bringing the ball down. <laughs> like, get it get it down on the grass. It's like, no, windy day. Um, best place for this ball is to go back up as high as I possibly can off of whatever part of my body. In this case, it turns out to be the knee. So as we're sort of progressing geographically, we are now on the edge of the penalty area. And Mel Reese has come limping to uh, towards the ball and towards the players. So Gale is in between Wallace and Cantona. 
Neither neither of them are actually challenging for the ball. At but, this but, no, but, but they're both just stood watching. It's a strong pincers movement. The only person challenging for this ball is Mel Reese, who has come who has come out of his goal. If he stays put, it's probably fine. If Brian Gale lets him deal with it, it's probably fine. And and Gale, well, Gale just assumes he when it goes into the air. Ah, oh, this is familiar territory. I'll just nod it back to Mel. <laughs> yeah. So who's this? Who's this come to see me? It's Mel. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, if, if you've seen the if you've seen the replay of it of the goal on the news since, and you can see Brian Gale mouthing the words, "What the fuck are you doing out here, Mel?" <laughs> and in it goes, and Wallace and Cantona just can't believe it. We couldn't believe it. Leeds can't believe it. It's hilarious and it's ridiculous and it's brilliant. There's a really nice little moment when the camera focuses on Wallace and he sort of takes an an air kick as if he's volleying a ball that isn't there, as if he's like, "Well, I was going to do that." <laughs> Like that's <laughs> Did, how I would have finished. But need to. I, apparently, we don't need to touch the ball to win this match. Just unreal, and even better if you uh, saw this on the telly. Trevor Francis, who manager of Sheffield Wednesday, being a bit bitter. Yeah, he's, he's great. He knows it's. I mean, he might be right. We don't deserve to which maybe we don't. <laughs> but again, much like the offside, don't care, Trevor. I mean, fair to Trevor, he had picked us as champions before the game, but then. They did ask him that as the Leeds players were walking past him down the tunnel. So I think if they'd heard him stand, stand there going like, oh yeah, I think Manchester United are probably guaranteed to win it. Then um, <laughs> yeah, there's enough uh, Leeds lads around to have had a word with him. But um, I mean, I don't think this is really the sort of game where you could see one side deserved to win or lose. That wasn't really a factor. It, something just happened, didn't it? Stuff happened. It, it's a game where some stuff just happened. We I mean, did. Have, I mean, we did have some luck, didn't we? Let's be honest. I I mean, think. The, the, well, the game's not finished, though, is it? I mean, there's, we have another chance. Cantona, twenty-five yards out, not far off. They have another chance after that. Their chance is awful. I mean, I don't know what sort of a view you got of this, but it's kind of it's over on the left, and then Lukic has missed it, but and he's laying down. But then the, the attempt to put it cross back into the middle kind of hits Lukic, who's laying down, and it's awful, like, awful. Just yeah. absolutely preposterous. And being in that away end, though, as well, I mean, talk about handing the bat onto Liverpool at this point, start singing You'll Never Walk Alone. Brilliant, brilliant moment. Did you cheer when the offside was given, thinking it was yeah. full time? Yeah. yeah that was Every, that. Everybody, because you know, I say, because that, that away end is, is shit. It's so low down. Uh, you can't quite tell. You're, you're sort of constantly trying to bob over people, which is why we went to the front, so I could actually see something, and all I could see was blades of grass. Uh, it was absolutely wild. Yeah, offside given, we all thought it was full time. Not quite, not quite. I wonder if what Wilco said to Cantona as well when he's got it quite high up the pitch could just run it into the corner or pass it to Wallace turns back inside doesn't he starts trying to score another goal or something you're like Eric fucking hell Eric <laughs> is what yeah. I'm sure he said you uh, couldn't hear it on the commentary but I, can, I can't imagine it went down well on the bench I think we've seen with because uh, it looked like McAllister was injured as well which um, that's why Cantona had to come on for him and you can see both this and the, the Coventry game I think the use of Cantona of just not deviating from the plan that worked so well for the last two seasons, three seasons, for most of the game, but then bringing him on at the end, knowing that stuff like this, where he's going to play a bit too much for himself and try to get a goal when, you know, Carl Schutt, I mean, Carl Schutt deserves a little shout out for this, for playing the second half in place of Gordon Strachan, running, chasing, tackling, crossing, non-stop energy, absolutely following orders. There's no question if Schutt gets that ball, into the corners, he knows it all. Cantona, bit too much of an individual, so we get away with it. Though. And he did actually do a very good uh, foul. One, <laughs> yes. one, once he'd lost that ball, there was absolutely no question that he was going to let the player go so much further, so he just kicks them to the ground. It's, like, right, it's okay. the right way to deal with it. Yeah. So but maybe it's uh, to Cantona's great. He knows he can stop an attack if he loses it. But 
we got there, we got over the line, full-time whistle, huge celebrations on the pitch, on the terrace, behind the goal as well. I think I think we had to win the fucking league, lads. It feels like it. That's what it feels like. It's The players looked kind of uh, celebrating, but not going too far. And Wilkinson just went down the tunnel at full time um, because there's still a lot depends on what's going to do at Anfield. It could still go to next week. But it just, something about the full-time whistle just didn't feel like it. It felt like that was the one that's, that will win it. Yeah. Um, so it felt in the stadium completely, yeah. And it, it might not. Like, there's still, there's, I mean, it's Leeds, so of course they'll blow up in our face and Scum will rattle four goals past Liverpool and get all their confidence back and then next week we'll have this Mate, Liverpool, ITV Liverpool, will have the two games Liverpool, being broadcast no, at the same no, time no, no. and everything's just going to be like blah, 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 Liverpool blah, blah. want this so badly they will play the game of their lives to make sure those bastards don't win. It is a nightmare game for Scum. They couldn't pick a worse game to have to win, could they? And they've shat it in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> haven't they? Let's absolutely face it. fucking hilarious. But Wilco, super calm as usual. Uh, just to put it in context before we do go off and watch the um, the Liverpool-Man United game. We're now four points in front with one game to play. They've got two games to play, but one of them is this afternoon against Liverpool. It's It, it feels so close. And it goes back as well. So on the, the Wilkinson factor, and again, we keep going to this theme of his calmness and the, the plan post-Manchester City to kind of get us back to doing what we do well. And then Liverpool, where we, we got that nil-nil that now feels really important. He's very rightly and very correctly and very, maybe there's some good fortune as well, but realised that all the pressure is on that game at Anfield. He's managed to arrange this. I mean, you know, we couldn't control what West Ham have done. We couldn't control what Forrest have done. But he he was talking about how Scum would lose points. Like, they looked like they would never lose another game, but that's unlikely. They They could lose points. And if they lose points, there's the potential to make the game at Anfield this afternoon the big one and it's the one it's the worst place for them to go to try and get the results so he and he is now still just saying so after the game he's saying well if we did win it this afternoon you'd love to, you'd prefer to win the race by 10 lengths rather than it be a photo finish but if it's got to go the distance to next week which we've prepared ourselves for well we'll go the distance but also knowing that now it's it's the worst game possible that's going Scumped out. They couldn't have a worse game this afternoon Great. than that one. <laughs> I loved as well. Um, he's talking to John Helm in the the tunnel, and it's um, this friendship with Dave Bassett. John Helm asks him if he's uh, you're going to be taking Dave Bassett, your good mate, out for a drink after this, and he's got oh, I'm I'm tired of taking him out for a drink. But the way this game has gone, I think how uh, Alex Ferguson will think I already did take him out for a drink. Oh, yes, yes, how and yeah. it's. You know, compare it to what we saw from Ferguson after the West Ham game, where it's like, I can't believe it's obscene that a team should be trying. And Howard Wilkinson just there. I think I'll just take the other manager out for a pint or a, brilliant because he's me mate and he's just cracking all the jokes and and it's things like that are contributing just to this feeling of we're going to be all right here, but we'll have to see what happens at Anfield later. Well, just to wrap up what has happened across this week and this weekend um, ahead of our game. Yeah, it was Forest 1, Liverpool 1 through the week, the same night that West Ham beat Man United. That was on Wednesday, April the 22nd. Yesterday's games then, the regular uh, league calendar, Chelsea 1, Arsenal 1, Coventry 1, West Ham, bunch of losers, nil. Palace 1, Sheffield Wednesday 1. I like to think they lost that just to upset Ferguson even more. Hey, well look, Crystal Palace 1, Sheffield Wednesday 1. They could have put themselves right back in contention if they'd won at Palace, Sheffield Wednesday yesterday, 
but they blew it. So maybe that explains why uh, Trevor Francis was being a little bit bitter. Uh, Luton 2 0 against Villa. Man City 2, Notts County 0. Norwich 1 all with Wimbledon. Same score, Forest and QPR. Southampton 1, Oldham 0. Spurs 3, Everton 3. And then the Sunday game, we played 3 2 to Leeds United at Bramall Lane. And so to Anfield. And will it be the final turn in the league championship race? It feels like it. I've got to say, like the journey back up home, the M1, marching on together on tape, got the tape single of it. Everybody driving up that motorway. Beep, 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 beep. And then playing marching on together in the car park, trying to get out of Sheffield as well, all the way back up the motorway, windows down. It felt like a victory parade. It felt like it. It was so close. I think we're going to win it. Really? (laughs) (laughs) They've gone. Scum have gone. Let's hope so. We'll return for Norwich, if not sooner, depending on what happens at Anfield. Come on, Liverpool! The Match Ball. 